Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kamisha Lucier, and I'm so glad you're here. So glad to be back in the Word of God with you and spending this time together before our Heavenly Father. Before we get started with this episode, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you. We just lift you up and we exalt your name. And we decree and declare that we are so pleased to have your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we don't just say that, Lord, as empty words or vain things or imaginations, Lord, but we desire that you are pleased with us. We desire that you are satisfied with your creation and what you want to have done in this time and in this season in the earth, Lord, in all time. We thank you for your perfect will, because in your perfect will, we are safe and we are secure. And we just bless you for that, Lord Jesus. And we just acknowledge that you reign and rule in the affairs of men. So there's no need for us to doubt you, Lord, or to worry about tomorrow. We cast every care on you and we just thank you and release your word, your your perfect will in you to do all that you desire to do, Lord. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we surround them with faith, hope, and love. And we just believe you, Lord, that you're taking care of them, that you are releasing your perfect will into their lives, and that you are holding them in the palm of your hand and upholding them by the word of your power. We thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, but every tongue that rises against us in condemnation or in judgment, we shall condemn. We just thank you for it, Jesus. We bless your holy and mighty name, and we just release your love in and through us, Lord. We just, that love you've shed abroad in our heart, we release it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' almighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. Okay. So this episode, we are continuing with our um, our study on the strategy of warfare, the overall strategy. This episode, the title is Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike. All right. So what does Counter-Strike mean to you, my love? So when the enemy attempts to to attack you or is attacking you, right? Oftentimes, well, I won't say often, but if you know the enemy, you know how they're going or about to move, right? And what they mm-hmm. may attempt to do, how they may attempt to attack you. Mm-hmm. A force may position themselves in such a way where it appears as though something is open, right? Potentially a a weak area or what appears to be a weak area. And that's what the enemy will usually attack. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it's already been planned for. Knowing the enemy, knowing how they will attack, how they will attempt to exploit that Mm -hmm. perceived weakness allows them, because it's in the planning process that the enemy then uses that it's actually a strength but it's been it's been concealed or disguised in such a way where the force that initially had that perceived weakness utilizes it as a strength and counters the attack that the enemy force was trying to impose on it okay so when the Lord strengthens us to a point that we understand that the enemy is going to try to attack. Mm-hmm. We left off with that in the last episode, that he, it is his custom and is what he does to wait for a more opportune time when he feels like the believer is weak, to try to exploit that weakness so that he could take advantage. Absolutely. But because the Lord loves us and we are his elite warriors, when the adversary thinks he has an advantage, God actually ends up sucking him into that 
it's a trap, a counter trap, if you Absolutely. will. Absolutely. And springs and, and turns that trap back on the adversary. That's basically what you were describing, right? That's honey? it. All right. Amen. So yes, that is how our Lord and Savior works. And to that point, it means that we need to understand that the adversary is going to wait for a more opportune time. He's not going to give up and go away. He, if he didn't give up attacking our Lord and Savior, <laughs> don't think he's going to give up attacking you. In the wilderness, on the cross, and the very thing, I mean, that's a perfect with his, example his of the counter-strike. I mean, he, he did little strikes with this well-meaning disciples trying to divert him from the things of God, the Messiah from the things of God, and a disciple that flat out just betrayed the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. the adversary did not cease except for when the Lord appeared too strong. But whenever it seemed like the Lord was weak, he tried to um, strike and take advantage of that. But we know from the Lord that he takes the the small things. And the foolish things, or things the world considers foolish. That's right, or the world considers small, and he confounds the wise with it. So the adversary, if he had known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory, because when the Lord seemed to be at his weakest, he was absolutely at his strongest. Amen. Especially on our behalf. I mean, that's that's the clearly the greatest counter strike, and, and you know what I mean. All of uh, creation, right? But Amen. It also looks exactly, or not exactly, but very similar to how the enemy chooses to move, even from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Look at Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. Oh, so so you're accepted. You're you're the, you're beloved. You're all this, right? And then created that hatred and animosity in Cain mm-hmm. that he fed into or gave into giving the enemy a foothold mm-hmm. and was utilized to kill or destroy Abel. Mm-hmm. Well, the enemy tried to do the exact same thing with our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And that was the exact thing that the Lord and Savior knew he was going to do mm-hmm. and utilized it against him. Absolutely. So we're not ignorant, but we also need to learn how to deal with the traps the enemy sets for us because they will be set. Um, let's look at our springboard scripture, Isaiah fifty four seventeen. Amen. It says, No weapon that is formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Amen. So that we, we love to quote that scripture in, in Christendom. What do I say that word, honey? Christendom, yes. Okay, yes. There, in in Christianity, we love to quote that scripture, especially when we're facing hard times. But often we neglect to understand the opening part of it. We interpret this to say, no weapons will be formed against you. And everybody that says something wrong about you, they'll be condemned somehow. But the opening part of that scripture says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It did not say they would not be formed. They will be formed because the Lord told us that these things would happen, that people would lay traps for us and that they would throw us out of the synagogues. They would hate us. They would persecute us because we carry his name. So for us to look at that and um, come away with a misinterpretation does not do us any service. But if we understand um, what's going to happen, and then we also take an opportunity to position ourselves that we understand the advantage that we have in Christ Jesus, it is not going to harm us. So expect that the enemy will attempt to set a trap. Now, um, humans 
this is an important uh, concept that we need to understand. Humans are not allowed to be tempted beyond what we are able or prepared to have victory over. Let's take a look at our um, next springboard scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13. Actually, let's start in 11. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It says, now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Amen. Amen, amen. So he did not say that, again, we would not be tested. Mm-hmm. And remember what James chapter 1 tells us, we're not tempted by the Lord. No one is tempted with evil, is tempted by God. Uh, but each one is tempted when they're drawn away by their own lust. However, the Lord has an obligation to allow us the opportunity to choose. I wanted to read Revelation 12 verse 10 to you uh, really quickly. It says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So the accuser of the brethren is the adversary, the devil, wicked spirits, demonic forces, all those things go together to bring accusation against the believers, against the saints. And we, we already read in Isaiah 54 that every tongue that rose against us in an accusation mm-hmm. would be condemned. But we have to also understand the um, ground rules, mm-hmm. if you will, the rules of engagement. <laughs> and, well, and, and along with that, right, was Scripture also tell us? And you see this concerning Haman with Mordecai, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Scripture tells us that the very pit that they dig as mm-hmm. a trap for for you, the righteous, mm-hmm. they will fall into themselves. Amen. Amen. So we have to understand this is the patience of the saints to know that what God says and the the truth of the word of God, the spiritual laws that are in place are working in our favor. They're working on our behalf, but we have to understand again the ground rules. Here right. are the rules of engagement that we must live by, and we become masters of those rules of engagements, like our Lord and Savior mastered those rules of engagement, mm-hmm. and we will prevail and have victory. So, um, again, I want to stress humans are not allowed to be tempted beyond what we are able and prepared to have victory over. We just read that in um, 1 Corinthians. And the way of escape is not oftentimes what we think. God is not going to smush the devil for you. He says, I gave you my name, you cast the devil out. Now he will rebuke the devourer for your sake, but you have to line up on your end to give God something to work with. Um, God equips us with all that is needed before the enemy is allowed to bring a test our way. Now, keep take note of this. God does not equip us based on our liking or what we think the equipping should look like. Our standard is not the standard of what that mm. equipping is. It's by God's standard. He knows instruction. He knows the word. He knows our hearts. He knows our level of understanding and our level of capabilities. And he always gives us 
what we need before we ask or before we have need of it. And it's sufficient to do the job that he means for it to do. So sometimes we want God to come in the way that we want him to come. We want him to make us feel good or make it obvious to us or, you know, whatever the the human mind would say. And even the mind of self-pity would say, but that's not how God operates. He is strategic. And once he instructs us, he also expects us to know that we are empowered because of what his word carries in it. We're empowered to do the work and we also have the tools and the resources. We've been developed maturely um, um, in the way of being more mature. We've been developed in the way of having the weapons are ready to use and we are expected to use what God gave us. So if you know that God is equipping you beforehand, then it means it's our job to be aware of the value and the importance of whatever God is doing to prepare us because we're going to need it. And it's our obligation and our responsibility to complete the process with the Lord. Don't jump out early. Don't be late behind God. Be right in season, but finish the process. Let him finish the work in you and be ready to do what God has um, empowered you to do, be ready to resist the devil and be prepared for the fight. Don't grow weary. Sometimes we just want things to go away. And I totally understand that. I get that. But that is not how this works. We are in the fight of faith and we are to continue said fight until the Lord says it's time for us to come home. You know, uh, so in talking about counter-strikes, right? In order for there to be a counter-strike, there's, as we were saying, there's got to be a what the enemy would view as a perceived weakness. Mm-hmm. Well, it's easy to to stay back and be on the, the team that's going to conduct the counter-strike. But in order for that to happen, someone or something has to sit out there as the bait and be <laughs> perceived as, as there being an issue, right? Being considered weak. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different level of maturity, right? But you need that, that, if you will, not just physical strength, but internal, right? You know what I mean? That heart to, okay, mm-hmm. I, I can do this. I can, you know, if you will, not play the part, right? But fulfill the role that is required in that moment and still be a part of the fight. Amen. And that's what we see in the Lord. He was a lamb Mm -hmm. slain before the foundation of the world. And it says as a a lamb before shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was silent. And the amount of perceived weakness that it displays to other people. Remember, Pilate even said, don't you hear all these accusations and you're not saying anything? Mm -hmm. Um, It showed an immense level of restraint, which is really just self-control. Right, but to the adversary, it looked like weakness. Amen. To God and to the wise, that is absolutely strength and self-control that's on a level that is astounding. <laughs> Amen. It's absolutely astounding. I want to read this to you real quick before we move on, just so you can meditate on this in your heart as we as we um, learn in this episode. Revelation twelve eleven, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Um. When we're talking about this part of it, counterpunch, it it's also or counterstrike. I'm sorry, a counterstrike. It it is it denotes that there's initial strike that's happened, right? Mm-hmm. We've strike we've struck the enemy, and then the adversary is coming back to circle around to try to land his own blow, and it's our job to also block right that blow from landing, 
and be able to, again, strike the enemy and not be taken out or laid aside because a sucker punch or, you know, an unexpected um, strike happened from the adversary. We have to be aware that this is not a fight in the one in the way that we're weak, but the ad, realizing that the adversary has a, an appointed time to be destroyed in the lake of fire. And mm-hmm. today is not that day. So that means you need to continue to hammer him, keep him under your feet and be prepared and realize that he is going to try to jab from another direction. He is going to try to send a missile strike when it's um, a holy day, you know what I mean? Or things of that nature when you're, when it looks like you're not paying attention, when it looks like you're physically weakened by something, that's when he's going to try to come back at you. But you also need to be prepared to counter what the counter his counter (laughs) and strike him. Okay. Um, which you see that even in what the Lord revealed to woman that she had unleashed into the world through her actions that he would, the serpent would bruise his heel her seeds mm-hmm. heal, but he would bruise the serpent's head. Absolutely. So you see that dynamic of, yes, the adversary is going to try to do something, but you be ready to defend against that and not defend yourself to humans, but being prepared sp- spiritually so that you know that it's coming. You have your shield of faith up continually. You've laid out the blood of Jesus over your life and that you are walking in the fullness of the power and the fire and the victory, fully aware of the ground rules. That's also a part of the strategy that you were talking about, somebody playing the bait. All right. Jesus absolutely did that. Like sure he did. came, the king of glory put on weak human flesh and took every humble road that there was and looked mm. like he was being um, humbled and stepped on and beaten and defeated. But the whole time God's talking, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. I mean, like the Lord told the devil in so many ways what he was going to do from Genesis all the way through. He did his point. I'm getting ready to take this to the house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to embarrass you in your own territory. And the adversary still did not pick up on it because he made it. Jesus made an open show of the devil in hell and stripped him of all power and dominion and authority, rose up with all power and authority in his hands. And the scripture says, if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory because Jesus was one at that point. But this moment he gave up his life and was sacrificed for our sins and went into hell and was raised again. Now, there's little Jesuses, many Jesuses all over the place. It's and that's the who we are. Firstborn of many brethren. Exactly. Exactly. So let's let's um, get back on topic here. <laughs> let's look at Job chapter one. And we're gonna look at the I the behind the scenes of what is actually happening. We read about the adversary being the accuser of the brethren. We read that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Um, but understanding what's happening and seeing that played out that the Lord equips us before the enemy is allowed to approach. Even when we give the adversary permissions, God still gives us an opportunity to be equipped so we can find that way of escape Mm -hmm. and we can overcome and we can prevail. Beginning of verse six. Sure, honey. Says, now there was a day 
when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him upon the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now, and touch all that he has, he will surely curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power, only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. Keep going, or? Uh, Nope, that's just fine. So, in this, you see the accuser, their brethren, mm-hmm. coming to accuse Job, who is a righteous man of God. He's the brethren, right? The accuser came before God to accuse God, um, Job and try to incite God against Job. Mm-hmm. And, of course, God is, there's no wisdom or counsel against the Lord. He's not silly or foolish um, or duped by the tactics of the adversary. And so we see that it was Satan that touched Job and that God put boundaries there. But consider this. Um, if you read over into chapter or the end of chapter one, he'll say the thing that I feared greatly um, came upon me. But he did not sin um, against the Lord in anything that he did. Mm-hmm. But um, and then chapter two, it repeats, you know, Satan coming again. But now asking to be able to touch him. Uh-huh. Because the devil wants to, what, steal, kill, and destroy. And he's mm-hmm. not satisfied unless he does those those things. Um, so he comes back again. But Job had been sacrificing for his children for some time. Amen. Before this mm-hmm. uh, permission was granted. Before this testing came about. Absolutely. So consider that in, in the way we read things, we're like, okay, and then this, and then this, and then this. But if you look at this, he, Job had been sacrificing for his children. They had been having these parties for a long time. So it wasn't the very first time that Job sacrificed just in case for his kids that um, Satan was, was like, a, oh, see, see. All but a daily occurrence in Job's life. Exactly. But what also that we can understand from this is that it wasn't until Job was able to handle each of these successive things that the mm-hmm. Lord said, now he's ready to be tested. And and you could say, here's the bait, mm-hmm. right? He presented Job as, oh, here's the bait. And then not only once, but twice to, well, further launch a counter-strike, mm-hmm. but really, if you will, rub the adversary's nose in it. Absolutely. Even when you thought... My servant was in a weakened state because mm-hmm. of all you had, the adversary, Satan, had done towards Job or against mm-hmm. Job, taking all his stuff and then touching Job to bring about sores and boils and, and the whole gamut mm-hmm. and put him in a, in a physical state of immense pain and all mm-hmm. that. Sorrow, weakness. Sor- exactly. In every mm-hmm. level that you could or even imagine or consider. Job still remained faithful to the Lord. Amen. And God knew 
He knows the thoughts and intents of the heart, right? So mm-hmm. he knew that Job was not going to fail here. So God's motive was to bless Job with double. Amen. That's why he allowed him to be tested. Not because God is being cruel, but we have to qualify for the blessing. We Amen. have to qualify for the more. Even Jesus qualified for the more, Amen. right? Which is to be restored to the glory that he had with the father before the world was and to reap us, redeem mm-hmm. us back into the His fold. harvest. Exactly. His harvest back into the fold. But that's you and I. That's not, Amen. it's not gold or treasure or, or literal wheat. It's us. Mm-hmm. And so, but the Messiah had to qualify for the more. Job had to qualify for the more. He had to pass the test. The devil's objective in cu- accusing Job was to, of course, steal, kill, and destroy. But God's objective in allowing him to be tested was to bless him with more, with the double. Um, in Job's case, it was double. But in Christ's case, it was, I mean, there's no comparison because now he's been given a name that's highly exalted and above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. When in the Old Testament, his name was not yet revealed. Even though it's a part of God's plan, it wasn't that he was lesser, but God highly exalted him as a result of this victory that he had. Um, so for us, it's to under also understand this rule of engagement. God is required to give us an opportunity to choose. He knows what we're going to choose and he does not allow us to be tested until we're ready to prevail. We have everything we need to succeed in victory and his objective and leading, allowing us to be tested is so that we have opportunity to be blessed. When you look back at Genesis, um, chapter two and three, where, um, woman was tempted in the garden where she was tested, where she was deceived. When you look back at that, they had everything that they needed to prevail over the adversary. However, they did not use it. Um, When the Lord told them not to eat the fruit, that was all they needed to know. When he told them to tend and keep the garden, that was all the empowerment that they needed to cast the devil out and to succeed in this arena. Um, it's not, again, it's not for us to go, well, God, you should have explained it to me that way. If you had told me that everybody was going to be cursed because of me, I would have done different, something different. Well, that's not faith by that point. Uh-huh. That is walking by sight. We have to approach God by faith. Um, let's look at Matthew chapter six really quickly. And will you go ahead and read the... The section, honey. Absolutely. The Lord's Prayer, which is uh, begins in verse 9, says, Pray then. Actually, we'll start in verse 8. <laughs> so do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Amen. 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 Thank you, sweetheart. So I know we look at this, um, and we've looked at this verse, this section of Scripture multiple times, but what I want you to see about it today in light of what we're looking at is that 
the Lord's Prayer shows us that we can use prayer to limit the kinds of tests the devil, the devil is able to bring our way. Amen. The Messiah told us to pray that, that we not be led into hard testing, but delivered from the evil one because the kingdom and the power and the glory belongs to the father. So that's just another indicator of us learning the rules of engagement and the strategies that the Lord has prepared for us. We're not ignorant that the adversary is coming to strike back after we start taking that territory and taking it to him. He's going to try to make us weak. And then he's going to try to exploit that weakness. It's our job to not cooperate with that, but instead stay focused on the things of God. And, and, how do we stay focused? If you look at this, the whole prayer is a conversation, right? Between a, a parent and their child. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we're raising up God's warriors, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what happens in those conversations between a parent and their child, especially for godly parents? Mm-hmm. They're instilling wisdom, counsel, mm-hmm. instruction, training, mm-hmm. equipping, mm-hmm. all those mm-hmm. things long before the child even knows they have need of it. So the more time they spend in these conversations, the more instruction they receive, the more wisdom, counsel, knowledge, and and all they're getting, they also get understanding so that when those things arise, they're already equipped and can handle it. They're duly prepared to succeed over it. Amen. Amen. Well, all right, we're going to pause this episode, pause there, and that's that's all we're going to cover for today. We hope that you're blessed by the word of God. And we, I have confident expectation that the Lord is bringing growth and manifesting his glory in your life. We are keeping you in prayer. Share this episode with someone if you believe it'll bless them, if that's what the Lord's leading you to do. We love you. God bless you. Remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry inspiring messages and coupon codes for the merch shop visit our website adayofprayer.org click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form be sure to check the box that says subscribe